You know, one of, probably one of the more influential pastors in my life that have read a lot of his materials and stuff is Tim Keller. And, and it's in Tim's book that, that he wrote called Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering that he said these words. He said, Christianity does not so much offer solutions to the problems of suffering, but rather offers the promise of a God who is completely present with us in suffering. You know, as I thought about these words, these, I, I wish they were just words that he wrote to encourage and to comfort us, but they're not. As unfortunately, uh, just a few weeks back, Tim Keller was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and it's not looking well. And, and, and these words that he penned to, to help comfort us are now words that he is clinging to, that he is clinging to a God who promises to be present with us in the midst of what can be very fearful situations. And maybe, maybe you're like Tim, and you've had a medical diagnosis that is scary, and you have fear with that. You know, or, or, or maybe it has nothing to do with medicine at all. We, we all know that fears can look like a lot of different things. And so perhaps your, your fear comes more with just everything going on in the world right now, with, with the coronavirus, perhaps. And when I allow myself to, to think about the coronavirus, then I even can rabbit trail down to other fears, like fears of my job, fears of my finances, Fears of future, my family, my kids, how quickly I can head those directions. Perhaps your fears have nothing to do with any of that. Maybe your fears have more to do with just relationships. Maybe your fear is a marriage that is struggling right now. Perhaps your fear is that you wish you were married and you're not. Or maybe you just have a difficult conversation to have with someone. Whatever it is that your fear is, the bottom line is this. We're all, we're all prone to this. None of us are free from fears or from discouragement. And, and I, I could go on and on, but, but, but God knows we are not free from this. And that is why we want to look over the next five weeks at, in this series at one of the most repeated commandments in all of Scripture. You know what that commandment is? It's to not be afraid. Do not be afraid is repeated over and over. And I'm, and I'm, in, I'm lucky I get to teach on this, and I'm, I'm excited to kick this off. As I found... One of my favorite scriptures is in the middle of Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 10. And, and, and in the middle of this, the gist of what's going on here is that, that God has sent Isaiah to speak to a group of people. They're Jewish captives in Babylonia in the 6th century B.C. And, and, and these captives that Isaiah was sent to talk to, they're struggling. They're, they're hurting. They're worried. They're discouraged. They're feeling all of these things, and they just, at this moment in time, they just want to hear a word from God. They just want God to just say something to them. And so Isaiah spoke, speaks up. And I wonder if perhaps you might be in the same situation, just wanting God to just 
say something to you. I admit, humbly, over these past weeks, I've found myself in this situation where I felt tired. I'm emotionally tired. Maybe moments where I have concerns or where I'm I'm even feeling discouraged. Moments when I have fears or worries that seem to be on repeat in my mind. And and I found myself praying, Lord, just, just tell me something. Speak to me. You know, it's in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, that the Israelites were in a dark space. And it is in this time that we see a powerful record of God speaking a word of promise into their lives. And what I love is that I believe our God to be the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And the same promise he spoke to them 2,600 years ago is still an incredibly relevant promise to us today. And this is what Isaiah speaks. Here's God's word to those people and to us today. In Isaiah 41, he says, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Right away here, God goes on. I'll just say, look, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. It's no accident that that this commandment is repeated in Scripture or similar commandments along these lines is repeated in Scripture 365 times. That's one, do not be afraid. That's one, do not be discouraged for every single day of the year. It's almost as if God was trying to remind us every single day that we don't need to be discouraged and we don't need to fear. And I wonder why. Why is this the most repeated uh, commandment in all of Scripture? It's because God knows all of us. He knows our hearts. He knows we're prone to fear. We're prone to discouragement. There was a a book that came out. It was called, uh, 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 what was it called? Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. And in her book, she, she highlights some statistics that were shocking to me. I wish I could say they were shocking. She said that 70% of the thoughts that we have every single day, 70% are negative. Negative. And then she goes worse. She says, not only were 70% of your thoughts negative, she said 85% of your thoughts recycle and go round and round. We think of them over and over and over. So what's rolling in our minds all day long are negative thoughts taking over. I wish I could say that this this shocked me, but it really didn't. Because when I think about all of the ways that those negative thoughts kind of pop their heads up in our lives, it's easy to see. We can see our negative thoughts in our attitudes towards people, in our attitudes towards our bosses and towards our families. We can see it in our actions that we take. We can see it in our, in our hearts. We can see it and hear it in the words that we speak and the things that we share with people, the things that we post online. All of those things highlight all of those negative thoughts that, that we have and that are recycling in our minds over and over, leading us down these spirals of fear and discouragement. God knows we're prone to this. 
He knows we're prone to fear and discouragement. And I love, I love this about the Lord, that he, in those things, he doesn't shame us. He never, he never condemns us. Instead, instead, he offers love and grace, and he offers us a way out. He gives us a plan. And if I have to sum up Isaiah 41 in one sentence, it would be this, that God promises his presence to us in our pain, in our fear, in our discouragement. He promises his presence to us. And we know that he does because the very next verse or the very next verse here is that he says, for I am with you, for I am your God. We know he's with us. And I think, why is that such a big deal that God promises his presence? Do you know that his presence in our lives is one of the greatest things we can ever possess and one of the most powerful things we can ever possess? And maybe you say, well, how is that? Let let me tell you how I know his presence is critical in our lives. When a few years back, um, when my daughters were small, they were scared to death of thunderstorms. Maybe you have kids, maybe they have fears of thunderstorms too. And on nights that it was supposed to thunder, Trisha and I would never sleep well. Not because I didn't like the thunderstorm, but because we knew within moments after a rumble, we would hear little feet coming down the hallway to the door every time. And we would lay in bed in just anticipation of our midnight guests coming because we knew they were coming as soon as it would storm. And so Trisha, being smarter than I am, oftentimes when we knew that it was going to storm, she would go ahead and pull blankets and pillows out and lay them on the floor next to our bed so we wouldn't have to get up because we knew they would come. They were afraid. And so sure enough, nights that it would storm, here comes the footprints down the hall doo, 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 to the door, swings open, and you would just hear the little voice, Mom, Dad, and say, come on in, lay down. It was they would come in the room, they would lay down. I did nothing to take the storm away. It still stormed. It still thundered. And yet it was in our presence that they were able to lay down and rest. They found comfort being in our presence. They found peace being in our presence. They slept in our presence. I did nothing. I did nothing for them other than offer to be there. I give you me. And that was enough. It was with me they felt safe. And they could sleep. The same is true with our Heavenly Father. It's His presence in our lives that brings comfort, that brings peace. In moments when the storms are raging and things are falling apart, we can curl up on the floor next to Him. And it's in that moment that we can rest. His presence is a powerful powerful thing in our lives and we know that he promises this and we know he will never leave us or forsake us his presence is powerful and so maybe you're thinking that's nice i enjoy his presence but sometimes i just need him to fix it sometimes i just need something to be done and it doesn't seem like he's doing it well let me take you to the next step in his promise he not only promises his presence, but then he says, you know what? I will strengthen you. I will strengthen you. Some of you 
You might be familiar with the story of Joni Erickson Tata. If you're not, it was a young woman, and, and she was full of life. She was a teenager, and at the age of 17, she had a diving accident, and she became paralyzed as a result. And, and, and during this time, she, she begged, and she begged God to heal her, but he didn't. And so she became, she became discouraged. She battled depression. She battled suicidal thoughts. She, she even questioned God's existence in this moment. And it took years of wrestling with God until finally she came to the place where she could say these words. She said, God's paralysis is his greatest mercy in my life. She's a true hero. She's an accomplished painter, singer, author, speaker. And she does all of these things because though God didn't heal her, he didn't heal her. He gave her strength to continue on in the midst of her pain and her fear. And this is what Joni writes. I love these words from her. She says, he's chosen not to heal me, but to hold me. The more intense the pain, the closer his embrace. It's similar to what the Apostle Paul says when he's talking about God's presence in the midst of our pain. And Apostle Paul says, when I am weak, then I am strong. And I think that doesn't make sense. How is that possible that I can be strong in moments that I'm weak? It's because God embraces us and gives us his strength, strength beyond anything that we could ever possess on our own. He gives us his presence. He gives us his strength, but then it goes on. Isaiah 41 goes on to say this, that we don't need to be afraid because God says that I will help you. You think, well, how is he going to do that? How's he going to help us? The very last verse tells us. He says, I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. You know, it's right before verse 10, a couple of verses in verse 8, that, that Isaiah stops them, these people, and he reminds them of who they are. And this is important. He says, he says look, you are the descendants of Abraham. You're his offspring, and that's important for them because as, as descendants and offspring of Abraham, this, is, this reminded them of their story, of their, of their past, and it reminds them of the promises that God had made to them of their future, the promise of hope and the promise of victory. He's reminding them of this and exactly what he's getting at when he says, I will hold, God will hold you up with his right hand. What he's saying is, look, no matter what is going on right now, no matter what is happening in your life, no matter what you are facing, God will make you victorious, guaranteed. That is a promise that he is going to fulfill for them, and that is a promise I hope rings true in your ears because it's the same promise that is relevant for us today. That no matter what your current situation, no matter what you are facing, God's promise to you is a future of victory, not defeat. It's victory. In fact, I love Romans chapter 8. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, and I love verse 37. And it says that, that despite all of these things, despite all the calamity 
despite all the confusion, despite all the trouble that you're facing and all the things going on, despite the persecution that people are feeling, despite even death, despite it all, he says these words, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus who loved us. Overwhelming victory, that is not just a buzzer beater, that is a landslide victory. Your future is not defeat. It's victory. God promises presence. He promises his strength. And he promises victory. Just right before this message was written, Pastor Eric Todd and I went and sat with a man who's, who was at the end of his life. And it was hard to sit there, go see a man that was once vibrant, a man that was once so active, now, now motionless in a bed in the middle of their living room. It was hard. And, and as we left, we shared with him these verses in Isaiah 41. And we shared him to encourage him, but to remind him of this last part above all. Because though his current situation is bleak, it doesn't look good. His future is not bleak. His future looks fantastic. Because God upholds him with his victorious right hand, and that is clearly on display through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross and the resurrection. He has conquered death. He is victorious. And that victory is ours. And until that day comes, we reminded him that God is with him, giving him strength and helping him. And it's the same thing that I tell you. Whatever is going on, I can't promise it's going to go away. I can't promise it's going to get fixed. But I can promise you that God will be with you, that he will give you strength, and that he will help you. And when till the day comes, when you will be victorious, I'm guaranteed. I hope that brings you hope today because God promises us these things in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our fear. Let me pray. God, I'm thankful today. Thankful for your promise. Lord, just knowing you're with us is enough. But then you take it even further and you say, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to give you strength and I'm going to help you. And Lord, ultimately to know, to know the end, that we will be victorious. God, that encourages my heart today. And I hope that those words, Lord, that your promises encourage these people as well today. Lord, thank you. We love you. In your name I pray, amen. Hey, I want you to have a great rest of your day. We have our greeters that are going to come in and they're going to